Welcome to Developers Hangouts podcast. My name is James, and today we have Puya. Puya, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you do. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks, James, for having me. Uh, I'm a, a front-end developer slash designer, and uh, you might know me from building uh, Daisy UI. It's a, a Tailwind CSS uh, plugin for uh component libraries and i guess we can just jump right in and start talking about daisy ui um mm-hmm. in general um i've done a couple videos on it um it's really quite a special plugin library um you just hit over seven thousand stars on github which is crazy um how did it all come around like how did you decide that you wanted to make building with, I mean, building with Tailwind easier um, because that was always my deterrent with Tailwind was Mm -hmm. it's a lot of class-based stuff and it takes a long time to build out Mm -hmm. these components. Um, How did did this come around and like, how did you decide to build this this component library? Uh, Actually, it goes uh, back to years ago. You know, uh, there was a time when uh, Bootstrap was the uh, main choice for everyone who didn't want to build everything from scratch. Uh, and I wanted to uh, build a tool or library or anything for on top of Bootstrap that uh, allows me to, because I'm a freelancer and on every project I should uh, do everything from scratch and build buttons and everything. Uh, but uh, the problem with Bootstrap was uh, it doesn't give us the full control on the design. And uh, it's basically you use the default term of the bootstrap and write some additional CSS files or SAS files uh, on top of that to overwrite the basic style. There are no um, uh, space for you know, adding terms or adding custom styles, adding uh, custom patterns. There was a hard time to build that and I gave up on that project uh, and basically after that I went with building things with SAS uh, and it was my tools uh, it, it was in my toolbox for many years and uh, I was uh, copying my copying my uh, style from project to projects and you know some basic styles I use it in every project you know yep the style of the button and everything um, but it wasn't a pretty clean solution for me and when tailwind came up uh, I was excited about this because it allows us to uh, make every design decision you know yep from one pixel of padding, we can change that with a utility class. And I used Tailwind in some projects, a few projects, uh, and I saw that uh, there is a plugin API for that and allows us to uh, build our custom plugin and uh, publish it on NPM and everything. Uh, and it was very exciting for me. So I decided as a side project uh, to build a design system to allow the user to define the term and 
use use their own term uh, for every project built with Telvin. Uh, that project didn't go well because uh, I I was going in the wrong way because uh, I was applying some material design and bootstrap and everything uh, styles. So one day I was thinking, what's the what's the point of uh, building another uh, material design style on top of Tailwind when? There are already plugins with that style. Uh, so I decided to go with my own style. Uh, you know, every, design everything, design every component from scratch, uh, and use them. I, I use them on my, my own projects. So uh, as long I was uh, doing some uh, freelance projects and. Uh, I started uh, building components one by one to use them on my own projects and uh, there were I think 20 or something uh, components uh, and I thought maybe it's a good idea to share it as an open source project on npm so other people can install it and use it as well so that's how it went yeah, so, I mean, it gets what, the weekly downloads are all the way up in almost like 20,000 now. It's become incredibly popular in the community. And the kind of reason I found it was another developer was like using it on their site. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. Like I use uh, Chakra UI for everything. Mm -hmm. I don't really like Tailwind. Let me check this out. And I remember clicking on the, the site for the first time and being like, oh, somebody's essentially made the equivalent of like Chakra UI, but for Tailwind, where mm. instead of having to write, you know, 20 utility classes for a button, I mm. can write three words and then there's the button in the style and the shape, everything mm. like that. Um, yeah, it's super impressive. You have a, um, it's like 40 components now, right? Something like uh, that? Yes, uh, it's 41 now. I should have done ah. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. It's I if you're a listener and you've not checked out Daisy UI, I recommend checking it out. It has theming and it's super customizable and super clear, easy to build components right from scratch. And yeah, it's one of the most impressive projects I've mm. seen in a long time. Um, do you have any more plans for Daisy UI? Or is there things in the pipeline that we can find out about? Uh, actually, uh, there are a few more components I should add, uh, but mainly um, I'm, I'm um, uh, I want to make current components uh, more flexible or more cleaner code because uh, recently, uh, as you know, uh, ver uh, Tailwind version three came out. Yep, uh, and it, there's an API for. There are API chains for colors and everything, and it allows me to make uh, everything cleaner and more flexible. Uh, I want to uh, work on that to make things uh, more flexible. Awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing you you tweeting about it, like, yes, tell uh, Daisy Y still works with V3. Nothing broke. 
I know hundreds of people yeah, are asking, like, nothing broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, fortunately, uh, there, were, uh, there weren't uh, many big breaking chains in Tailwind uh, version 3. So everything works, fortunately. Yeah, awesome. So outside of building Daisy UI, you, you said that you do freelance. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what do you do day to day? Like, what's your regular, uh, like, nine to five, I guess, mm -hmm. or... Is, is that all freelancing? Do you work for a company? Like, uh, what, what do you do? Uh, a part of my time, I uh, get projects from clients uh, all over the world. And they give me projects and I do that. That's basically freelancing. Uh, and uh, I invest some of my time uh, working on uh, Daisy UI and other uh, open source projects. So what other open source projects are you involved in right now? Are, are there any big ones or are they all small ones? Like, uh, what are you working on? Uh, no, they, uh, they didn't uh, get that big as the ZUI. There's another uh, plugin I made. It's it's named Team Change. Team Change. Uh, so it's a small uh, JS script that uh, adds the team, team name to your HTML tag and uh, also save it to local storage so you can uh, I don't know, add a button to change the team uh, easily. You don't have to write the function uh, again and again. Uh, but um, it, it didn't go very big, but uh, eventually I used it in my own project, so there's no... So that so that one's the one. Is that uh, the theme changer? The same thing you see on uh, the actual Days UI uh, yes. website. Is that using the same thing where you can select the different themes? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the same thing. Talk, talking about the themes of Days UI, mm -hmm. I, I, can you talk about some of the uh, color and like design choices? Was there a reason behind some of them being? I guess you'd quote them as ugly. Uh, to make other ones stand out? Is that is that like the, the theory or were you just trying to offer a variety of options? Uh, yeah, uh, if you open the desioid.com website, you can see uh, a few terms have very uh, bizarre colors, like very yellow or uh, blue or I don't know. There's a wireframe theme with uh, Comic Sans font. Uh, uh, I thought it, if it was fun to have uh, these themes also, but uh, I I knew it's uh, ugly colors. But uh, yes, I added them uh, so just for fun and also other uh, actual useful themes look more beautiful. Uh, I don't know, but. Uh, it ends up some uh, people love love that term too. <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine there's some people out there that are like, oh, this theme is perfect for me. I think yeah, but, like, Bumblebee yeah. is like bright yellow um, as like the main color. Um, yeah, which is one I actually find quite quite funny. Um, it's usually the one when I, when I navigate to the site when I'm looking something up, I'll set it to Bumblebee because I just think it's mm. a, like a whimsical color. Um, with those like dark blues and bright yellows in your face. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it's cool that you have a bunch of different themes that are easily settable mm. um, and, and they look really clean. Mm. Um, 
So talking, obviously, Tailwind is a big part of your sort of work in general. Um, what, what's your f- sort of frameworks of choice right now? Like, what, what are you using daily or what are you really enjoying um, in, in the space? Uh, actually, I did a few projects with uh, Vue.js a few years ago. And after that, I went with React on a few projects. But recently, uh, there is a Svelte. Uh, and since I started working with Svelte, I, I'm pretty much using Svelte on every project I can because uh, it's, I don't know, it somehow makes sense because everything is easy to write and easy to customize. I think it's a great framework. Yeah, I haven't spent much time with Svelte. I've done a couple of things here and there just to check out like how it works and and some of my site is built with Svelte components, um, with Astro uh, as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Svelte kind of makes sense, I guess. Like it, it's very easy to understand and follow and read. Mm. Like unlike other frameworks where, for example, React has gone through this change of like class components to mm. using hooks to like you know it's very non-beginner friendly i guess is the right words um uh, that's felt where you can kind mm. of convert regular javascript into svelte fairly easily um uh i don't know personally i can call it time wasting because uh i i've been writing some a few pages or components with the svelte and actually i was thinking how more code should i write if i was doing this with react right uh, uh, when when you're uh, writing a Svelte, uh, the amount of code you write is significantly uh, less. Yeah, that is definitely uh, one thing to note is that, yes, with Svelte, you write a lot less code than you do with mm-hmm. React, where something that could take 30 lines in React, you could write in 10 with Svelte. Yeah, exactly. And, and it would be easier to read. You wouldn't have to use one-line tricks to make this happen. Um, yeah, I, I, it's on my list of things to check out, like with more depth. Um, but I definitely think it has some some legs to stand on um, mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so apart from that, you're just so most of your projects now, or at least leading up, are, are spelt with with Tailwind and. Daisy UI, I assume, is in that in that mm. project. Um, yes, is uh, there every, any... every project I can because uh, you know freelancing is not always starting new projects. So there are older projects with different frameworks, and I work with them too. But uh, if I can uh, choose the framework, I, I will choose this one for sure. Awesome, cool. Um, let's move on from sort of work and and sort of those kinds of things um let's talk about crypto mm-hmm. it, it, i i saw that you wrote that on the list and, and it's a hot topic for everybody right now uh mm-hmm. what let's start with like what are your thoughts on on crypto like how do you feel about crypto mm-hmm. how do you think it fits into the space um and then we'll sort of talk about the blockchain and some other stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, the blockchain technology is is just starting to start a, I don't know, a revolution or something. Because uh, uh, the way we look at the money 
from ages before until today, uh, there is a concept of uh, uh, governments uh, print money and we use them. And yep. I don't know, it doesn't make sense if you think about it. But uh, with uh, I don't know, Bitcoin, maybe, it's, it makes more sense because it's fair and it's global and no one can cheat on it. Right, yeah. You're right in that sense that, like, yeah, if you look at printed money today, tomorrow, the US government or the UK government or wherever could print more money to drive inflation and then your money's worth less than it was mm. yesterday. Um, you, we've seen this all over the world, right? Like Zimbabwe, a few years ago, you had to carry around trillion dollar notes to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, but with if they had Bitcoin there or they had Ethereum or, or, or whatever version of payment that, that you choose, the, the government can't inf self-inflate that money. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's, you know, people in the blockchain, like, People that own Bitcoin could potentially inflate the price or deflate the price if they were to sell off. But in theory, that means that somebody else could acquire it at less or more than mm. what it's worth. Um, do you are you into like NFTs? Have you investigated NFTs? Do you have any thoughts on NFTs? Um, that's definitely something I like to talk to to other developers about. Uh, I I think uh, NFTs are uh, having a, uh, a no wrong branding right now because most people, especially people who are not very power users or know, more into tech, uh, they think NFT equals JPG image. And that's yep. not true because uh, NFTs are uh, basically the ownership of anything, can be anything. You can, I don't know, sell a house as an NFT. Uh, but uh, at least right now, I think it's having a, a bad branding. Yeah, I, I think yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you there. Like I think there's some bad branding around. Like there's been a lot of you know people in the space who have done you know bad actors that have done things that they shouldn't have done, yeah. such as like creating NFTs that they then dump. And you lose all your money on, or you know the equivalents of those. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think if you look back in time, like that's happened everywhere, right? Like mm -hmm. NFTs. If you look at them from a utility standpoint, are mm -hmm. awesome. You know, being like you said, being able to buy a home with it, and it's an mm -hmm. NFT. Like you own that house now, and you can sell it to the next person, and mm -hmm. maybe you give royalties to the person that owned it before. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think we need to get through this sort of revolution of like yeah it's just a jpeg right like oh i'm just buying an image or a cartoon or or, or a video whatever it might or a cd whatever it might be um and get into that space of actually using it utility like for utilities mm. um and yeah i think web3 as a whole is kind of getting that bad rap because of that because people have seen this like smoke mm. and mirror show where there's some bad actors in the space but mm. I think as the future goes on, Web3 will will kind of show its true colors of actually being used for utilities and things like that. Yeah, exactly. I hope uh, we can see uh, better usage of these technologies in the future. Yeah, it's kind of like JavaScript 20 years ago, where people 
believed it was only being used for pop-ups and, and bad actors and, yeah, you know, exactly. all those kinds of and things. And the, the effect uh, around your mouse cursor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All those things. And now look at it now. Like we use it everywhere. It's on every single website. It's in desktop apps. It's yeah, everywhere. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, Web3 is kind of going through that space of like, oh, it's only used for these one thing when in reality it could be used anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I, th you're the second person I've talked to about Web3 on this podcast. And it's we kind of have the same feelings around like, yeah, right now it's got a bad rap, but a year or two from now, that will yeah. change and we'll move into a better space. Um, so design systems in general like and design, how, how did you get into that? And like, what's your kind of... I'm super interested in people that can do design and design systems because you know my first decade of my career was all back-end development so i had no mm. web development experience um how do you even get started like what how did you get started in that sort of design space to be able to create these great looking you know even with daisy ui like great looking mm. components like what's your kind of process like how did you learn to to do those kinds <clears throat> of things uh, actually, design system is is never is, it was never a new technology or something. It's just uh, I don't know uh, having all these concepts together, uh, including I don't know colors and fonts and components and everything. Uh, we when we put all this together as a package, uh, we can call it uh, as a design system. And uh, I think the most famous one everyone knows is the material design. Uh, and when, when a company uh, get, gets bigger and bigger, the, uh, the need for a design system gets more bold because uh, every team on every part of the project and customers, they need to uh, have a, a, a unique feeling about the product, about the company. So it, have, it has to uh, have uh, similar buttons, similar brand colors and everything around all the products. Uh, yeah. Um, so how do you personally go, like with Daisy UI, because that's very like, all the buttons kind of like everything kind of looks the same. It has that similar feel and style. Like mm. how did you start Daisy UI? Did you use like Figma and build out all the components and then you create them in Tailwind or do you like freestyle and just like, mm. this is what I think I want to build and this is how I'm going to build it. Like how do, how do you go about that? Uh, I didn't start with uh, a design tool yet, like Sketch or Figma. Uh, some people might uh, find it bizarre, but, but uh, I think uh, with uh, CSS uh, utility frameworks, utility first frameworks, uh, I think we don't need uh, a tool like Figma or a Sketch to build a UI because uh, utility first frameworks like Devin, uh, they pretty much give us every uh, utility class we need to build every design decision we need. So if you, if you know CSS, if you know HTML, uh, I don't think you need 
uh, Figma to draw a, I don't know, rectangle or circle or anything on an infinite canvas and then again make it with CSS and HTML because you can just write utility classes and everything will be good. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's 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 true today a bit more is that like Figma sort of five years ago when we didn't really have Tailwind to the level that we do now, like, yeah, it was important to build, or if you were just using CSS and nothing mm -hmm. else, it was very important to like have somebody sort of sketch those out and be like, we need to build a page that looks like this and these are the kind of buttons and the layers mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like I, I can't remember the last time I opened Figma to design like a website because like, yeah, I can just build out the, what I think each component's going to look like. And then if it doesn't look the way it does, I want it to on screen, I can go ahead and change it in milliseconds or seconds. Yeah, just, it's just adding to CSS classes. That's right. easy it, as yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, versus like, you know, years ago where it'd be like, oh, I need to write another class and now I need to do this and take into consideration that. And oh, now it's now it doesn't look anything like it did before. Um, yeah, yeah we, we've definitely got this new age of, of design that we can mm -hmm. build first and and then, you know, think about it, build it, and then make those changes as we need. Um, which is which is nice for people like me. Yeah, because uh, I remember when I was using SAS and uh, when you're using SAS to build everything from scratch, you uh, eventually need to uh, build, I don't know, hundreds of SAS files. And one for button, one for each component you're making, depending on how, many, how big your site is. Uh, and when you want to change one small thing, one small color, one small padding, uh, you have to find that spe that specific uh, SAS file and edit that one and check if uh, it's affecting or not. But uh, with utility first CSS, I think it's very easy, fast. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, let's let's talk. Um... TV and movies, um, sort of out of development now and in, in, into kind of entertainment and things like that. Um, is there anything recently that you've watched, either movies or TV or both, um, that you've been impressed with or, or maybe lived up to the hype if it's, you know, something that came out recently? Uh, the last movie I've seen was Matrix 4. Oh, what did you uh, think? Uh, I think it was a Okay, film. I think it's it was better than Matrix Two and Three. Which yeah, which but, but Matrix One was better. Yeah, that's how I feel. So I always thought the original was the the sort of gold standard of the Matrix universe. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that Four did better than Two and Three, and I I didn't expect it to be better than the the original, right? Like. It just has nostalgia behind it, and, mm -hmm. and everyone's always loved that movie. But I think they did a, a, a pretty good job at, at making it a movie that you could watch and enjoy and kind of relive that Matrix Matrix life. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly all I was expecting. I, I didn't expect much because, you know, when it comes to sequel movies, they usually mess up. But... Um, I don't think it was a bad movie. It was okay, I think. Yeah, 
I agree, and uh, I, I and I think people expecting it to 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 you know it's been like, what it was like twenty years. What I don't know how long it was since the original, but it was a long time. Mm-hmm. Like to expect to not have a movie for so long and it to come out and be like the best thing ever, it's just unrealistic expectations. Um, yeah, I, I watched uh, the first Matrix movie on a VHS. Uh, mm, me too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think uh, our minds manipulate our uh, memories. So, if I haven't watched the I don't know first Matrix movie for years, uh, in my mind, I think uh, it was the best movie ever because I was a child watching that movie and I was enjoying it, and uh, it gives it gives me high expectations and. After I don't know years and years, when I watch a new movie, I I have a high expectation of that, but that would be disappointing. Yeah, it's definitely that like you, your your sort of mind fills in the gaps of like this was amazing. You know, if you watch old yeah. TV shows or or old cartoons or whatever when you were a child yeah. or at least an early teenager, you were like, this is the best movie ever, and then you rewatch it and you're like. But- yeah. <laughs> this movie was terrible. Like, yeah, why was exactly. I watching this? Exactly. Has there been any uh, TV shows lately that you've been watching or maybe re-watching? Uh, let's first talk about uh, another movie I oh. watched before Matrix. It was the Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was a very good movie. I recommend it to everyone. I haven't seen it yet, but hmm. I've heard from a, a large majority of people that it, it's if you're a Spider-Man fan and, and and you want to kind of get to enjoy all the Spider-Man, I guess, from recent years in one spot, um, it, it's a very enjoyable movie and has a lot going for it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to to watching that one when it comes out from the theaters because i'm still mm. not going to theaters because of covid mm. um so i have to wait longer than everybody else but it, it definitely seems to be on people's favorite list at least in the marvel universe yeah exactly that's a good movie uh so yeah so back to have you been watching any tv shows lately or or mm, tv shows uh i mainly watch uh Marvel and DC TV shows, uh, but sometimes I watch other shows as well. Uh, I, I don't know if you have seen the Dexter show. Yep. Uh, yeah, there is a new season, but and I watched a few episodes. I'm. I hope it ends well. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't seen that. So I really liked the original show, and and mm-hmm. and. I, I was one of the probably hundreds of people that were angry at the way it ended and it was very like open and, and you know, you kind of wanted it to, to kind of close up. I haven't seen the new season yet, but I've heard from a couple of people that it's nice to relive that like Dexter, I guess, universe, if you want to call it universe. Mm-hmm. Um but to go in with an open mind, because you're probably not going to enjoy it as much as again, it comes back to that like nostalgia slash mm. what what you think about as like what happened in Dexter, it was so good, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, people have said to to kind of keep an open mind 
in regards to to how it works. Yeah, but, I, I haven't finished it, yet, so I hope it ends well. <laughs> yeah. Um, lately, I I haven't really been watching too much. Um, we watched a TV. Well, actually, I watched the Netflix movie um, that everyone's been talking about, which I can't remember the name of, but it has Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, yeah, don't don't look up. It's, yes, don't look yeah, up that one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I watched that um, over the weekend, and um, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a r- very good movie. Um, very, it's got a lot of funny bits in it, and and it's you know. It does have a pretty serious message, I guess. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's my on my watch list. I should. Watch it's it it's soon. yeah, it's definitely worth sitting down and kind of you know enjoying it. it. It's got those comedy elements that you expect, but with a lot of anxiety-inducing you know, storylines. Mm. I, won't, I won't spoil it for you because it, it's got a good... Uh, overall, I thought it was really good. So that's definitely worth a watch if you if you haven't seen it yet. So, um, Yeah, we're kind of sort of coming to the end of what I would call the show. Um, mm. Is there anything you want to... Pro- outside of Daisy UI, which I will put in the show notes and everyone should go and check it out. Um, is there anything you want to promote... Um, where can people find your work or find you? Uh, things like that. Uh, I think uh, I think you can find me on uh, Twitter and GitHub. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think you can find every project I work on open sources on GitHub. So that's it. Yeah. So- sounds good. Yeah. I'll make sure that everybody kind of I'll put the uh, your link to your Twitter in there, um, and the link to your GitHub, and obviously the Daisy UI homepage. Um, I really appreciate you coming out and hanging out with me for the last sort of half an hour, forty minutes. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's glad I'm glad that I finally get to meet the man that built Daisy UI, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. <laughs>